the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. KPDQ Portland, a service of Salem Media Group. Listen online at TrueTalk800.com. This is Difference Makers on True Talk 800. Happy Monday, friends. Mike Lee here with a very special edition of Difference Makers as we are going to be speaking with Andrew Fields, the director of the Salem Area Christian Homeschool Network, otherwise known as Satchison, if you like acronyms. We'll also be speaking with the Homeschool Outdoor School and Science Camp Director, Darren Netrauer, and on deck, it's the Director of Child Evangelism Fellowship in Marion and Yamhill Counties. They'll be doing some exciting things between June 20th and August 5th, and that'll be with Jeff Wagnell, the Director of CEF in Marion and Yamhill Counties. Also want to remind you, if you go to our website at truetalk800.com and kpdq.com, you can find out about some great opportunities you have, including Financial Peace University. It's a biblical, practical way to get from where you are to where you've dreamed that you could be. And when you coordinate your own FPU class, you can go through absolutely free. More information is on our website at truetalk800.com. And don't forget about Pastor Chris Brown coming to Portland. That'll be October 3rd and 4th. He hosts Chris Brown's True Stewardship at 3 p.m. and also at noon weekdays on our sister station, 93.9 KPDQ. And one last note you want to pass on to your pastors, your ministry leaders, etc. It's about the pastor's masters. If you register before the end of May, you get to go not for $20, which is a great deal for a day of golf, a lunch and a word of encouragement, but you get to go at half price for, for just $10. You could send your pastor to the pastor's master's returning to Persimmon Country Club this year. So welcome aboard from Child Evangelism Fellowship, Jeff Wagnell. How are you today, sir? I'm doing great. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you for joining us. Now, Jeff is going to be leading just one of the booths or tables at this Thursday's Satchison 2016 Homeschool Roundup. The event is Thursday night from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. in Salem at Our Savior's Lutheran Church. That's in South Salem, Baxter Road, just around the corner from the Commercial Street Walmart. So, Jeff, have you attended any of the Satchison Homeschool Roundup events before? I have. I was there last year and then several years back also. And what was your experience? Did you enjoy meeting families, both who are veteran homeschoolers and others who are just kind of curious about what exactly home education is? Yeah, it's it's a great experience. It's a great atmosphere of people just out, out looking for opportunity to see how they can better educate their kids. And there certainly are a bunch of different ways to educate your children here in the Pacific Northwest. But can you tell us what you specifically are going to share about CEF, Child Evangelism Fellowship? Yeah, I will. at my booth I will have information for parents who want to reach out into their neighborhoods and their communities and impact children with the gospel. And uh, we do that through the five-day club program, so I'll have information about that. 
And I'll also have information for parents who want their teens to go to Christians in Action. Uh, sorry, Christians in Action is our teen training program that will, will, will kick off the summer in June. So what exactly is Child Evangelism Fellowship, or CEF, to those of us who don't really know about your entire programs? How long has it been in place? Uh, Child Evangelism Fellowship was founded in 1937 in California, and it's a non-denominational organization that's dedicated and committed to sharing the gospel with children all across, well, all across, all across the globe. And how do you go about doing so? Uh, during the school year, we share. Uh, we go primarily into good into schools and do what's called a good news club, which we teach Bible lessons, songs, missionary stories, memory verses, uh, for about an hour and a half in uh, after school is out in a lot of different schools. And then in the school during the summertime, we do five day clubs, which are very similar. They're a lot like a VBS, only without the crafts. And uh, those the summer programs are generally taught by teens that we train. Oh, that's wonderful. So how receptive is the Portland or Salem or Pacific Northwest to you when it comes to the public school systems and a faith-based community program like CEF? Uh, the public school systems, that's, that's really on a case-by-case basis. Most schools and school districts are very open to us. There are a few that are not, especially in the Portland area. There's also a, a one or two groups in the Portland area that are atheistic groups that are, they're really very opposed to us, and they they have been tried to be very vocal about why we shouldn't be there. But as a whole, the community is, is pretty receptive to us being there. Well, when I hear about what you're doing, Jeff, at Child Evangelism Fellowship, or what our friends from For the Joy of It are doing with Friday Frenzy, what they're doing is super-serving needs in the community, whether it's an after-school program or just reaching out to different aged children. So what's the target audience for CEF, Jeff? Our target audience really is elementary aged children. We do some work with middle schools, uh, middle school children, excuse me. Uh, But our primary target age is uh, the elementary age, uh, kindergarten through fifth grade. And if any adults are listening right now, and perhaps God's put it on their heart to help out in some kind of children evangelism group like CEF, what's the best way to get in contact with you when it comes to the after-school programs? Uh, the best way to get, to get in touch with me is, to, is by, via phone. Uh, my office number is 503-363-4568. But you can also look up our website, which is cefcapital.com, and we have a lot of information on there that will, can help them. And we also have a link to uh, email us from, from the website. Very good, friends. I'll make sure that I post those website links at truetalk800.com so that you can just click on it and don't have to worry about writing things down, especially if you're driving right now. So, Jeff, how long have you personally been involved with CEF? I got involved as a teenager uh, when I was 13. That was 19 years ago now, I guess. Uh, and I, So that was as a volunteer. And then I came on staff five years ago and have been working here in in the Salem area since 2011. And how has the transition been for someone who went through it as a teenager to all of a sudden you're directing things, you're carrying the ball yourself? Has it been a a good transition or has it been difficult? Were there a lot of growing pains going into leadership? I would say it's been great, but there's definitely been a lot of eye-opening experiences. Uh, You come in as, as students, you have no idea how much work is being done in the background to make things possible. 
and then you come. I came on as as staff at our teen training program first. I, that was as a volunteer still, and I still didn't know a lot of the background work that was going into just that program alone. Now as as director, uh, it yeah, it's, it's pretty eye opening, and uh, at times can be stressful, uh, but God gives provides strength, and we push through. That's good to hear. So tell us a little bit about yourself, Jeff. Where did you grow up? I was born in Kenya, Africa. Um, my parents were missionaries there. Uh, we moved to Oregon, to Grants Pass, Oregon, in 1990. And so I spent my all, pretty much most of my childhood in Grants Pass, because I was there when we, when we were five. Interesting. Five. So how many languages can you speak, then, being born in another country? Uh, I can speak a few words of Swahili. That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> just, pretty much just English. Okay, that's good. And... As a missionary kid, was there added pressure on you personally because you were one of them, as opposed to just your average kid? I don't think so. Not, not for me personally, anyways. I, I had dreams growing up of wanting to go off and be a missionary pilot. That's what my dad was, a missionary pilot, uh, in like the Amazon jungle. But it wasn't gospel-oriented. It wasn't oriented towards, I need to go to help people learn about Christ. It was oriented, that sounds like something fun to do, exciting. And so it was really through my experience with CEF as a teen that my eyes were open to the need for the gospel to be going out. What I want to do right now is address where your faith became your own, as opposed to being a missionary's kid. When did you own your love of Christ on your own, Jeff Wagnell? Well, it's, I would say it started... Young. I was three and a half when I accepted Christ as my Savior, and that was, that's a very clear, vivid memory I have even now. Uh, but when it really became my own, that, that I really began to grasp and understand and, and really be impacted was really as a teen, uh, through the gospel, through sharing the gospel with others, uh, I really began to, to understand what exactly it means that Christ would die for me and, and how deep his love must be for me and how deep his love is for other people who still don't know him yet, and the importance of sharing that. Do you have a lot of siblings, or were you an only child, or what? I have three siblings. And how close are you, in age and also in togetherness? Uh, we're between three and and two years apart. My oldest sister is nine, I'm the youngest. So, or, Sorry, is nine years older than me, and I'm the youngest. Uh, and growing up, we were... Pretty close, except for with my brother. He was kind of the oddball out. We all fought with him. But now, as, as adults, we're all very close. It's good to see that. And any kids of your own? Are you married? I am married, and I have one on the way. She's due any, any day now. Oh, congratulations. So Thank you. how does it feel being on this end, all of a sudden having to be a dad? Uh, it's exciting. It's overwhelming. Uh but at the same time, I look at it, I just I can look back and see God's faithfulness, and I, I see that continuing on, and so it's exciting to see what God's going to do and how he's going to use me from this side of things, as it were. Jeff Wagnell is the director of Child Evangelism Fellowship, also known as CEF in Marion and Yamhill Counties. And what's coming up between June 20th and August 5th or so, Jeff? That's when we're going to be holding our five-day clubs throughout Marion Yamhill counties. Uh, we're looking for areas or for for locations in neighborhoods where there's kids, where someone wants to reach into their community and impact the kids around their house or in their neighborhood, 
and uh, will ho- host a five-day club at their house and teach uh, Bible lessons and missionary stories and songs and just play with the kids. And these may be held anywhere where children can gather, including homes and backyards. Hosts, you're responsible for providing location, snacks, and inviting neighborhood children, whereas CEF, Jeff and his crew, will be providing you the teaching team. More information can be found if you visit Satchison's 2016 Homeschool Roundup Thursday night from 6.30 to 8.30 at Our Savior's Lutheran Church. That's in South Salem, Baxter Road by the Commercial Street Walmart. And I'll leave contact info for Jeff on our website at truetalk800.com. Jeff, thank you so much for joining us here today on Difference Makers. Is there anyone you want to send a shout-out to? Uh, just to any C-wires that might be listening, I'm looking forward to seeing you in June. And God bless you and your wife, and congratulations on being a first-time dad. Very exciting. When we return, it'll be Darren Netrauer and then Andrew Fields, both of whom you can meet at 2016's Satchison Homeschool Roundup this Thursday night from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. And you can find more information on satchison.org or on our own website, truetalk800.com. Welcome back to Difference Makers on True Talk 800. Mike Lee here. And you know, it's kind of funny. I was not looking for it. But when I was in between jobs and going through interviews, I stumbled upon this wonderful group here in Portland at Salem Media Group. Where I'm not the only homeschooling parent here. My general manager, my general sales manager, uh, the most articulate salesman you'll ever meet. Uh, yeah, so we've got a good crew in addition to our operations manager and, and PD. So We've got a good home-educating contingency here. As for me personally, I believe that God called me and Pam and our household to homeschool. And if you want to find out more opportunities and you've got any questions on that, there's one great source you can check out live in person this Thursday night from 6.30 to 8.30 in Salem. It's Satchison's 2016 Homeschool Roundup. Now, like all good homeschooling organizations, Satchison is an acronym standing for Salem Area Christian Homeschool Network, and it's pronounced like Satchison, at least by about half of us or so. And it's going to be held at Our Savior's Lutheran Church in South Salem on Baxter Road, right up the hill from the Commercial Street Walmart. And one of the people that you can meet is Darren Netrauer of the Homeschool Outdoor School and Science Camp. So welcome, Darren. How are you today, sir? Hi, fine. How are you? Good to have you aboard. I'm doing just wonderfully. Thanks. Good times with friends, old and new, and excited about this Thursday's Homeschool Roundup event, and you're going to be just one of the presenters. So can you tell us a little bit about Homeschool Outdoor School Science Camp? And a little aside here, I'm in a generally home-educating baseball and softball league, and the opposing coach is now graduated, so she is coaching 12 down to, say, eight-year-old girls against my team, and she raved about you a few weeks ago. So tell us, what exactly is the Homeschool Outdoor School Science Camp? Well, it is an outdoor school. Uh, We're in our uh, 27th year, um, and uh, it was started in 1990. Uh, I've been on board with it since 1998 and in leadership since 2005. And uh, it was put in place as um, as an alternative for kids that were homeschooling. The founder... Uh, her son came up to her one day and said, "Hey, uh, I want to go back to public school." And horrified as a public as a homeschool parent would be, she said, "Why?" Because because they have outdoor school. She goes, "Well, I can do that." <laughs> and so she put it together, and we have carried on the ministry since she her kids have grown up. And uh, it really is a combination ministry. Uh, it is an outdoor school. We want to provide that service. Originally, uh, 
the uh, founders' intent was that there would be no evolution taught along with that, as you can see in a lot of science subjects today. But um, she, it quickly turned into not just not evolution taught, but creation-based evidences are presented as well. And we want to leave the kids with some good apologetics and some good creation-based uh, evidences to bolster their faith in the Word of God. And so we uh, we bring in uh, keynote speakers every year, this year being uh, Dr. Thomas Kendall. I think if there was anybody in the world I would want to come to and speak to our camp, it would be him. I'm very excited about it. He's going to have great uh, presentations for the kids on uh, butterflies, birds, dinosaurs, bees. Um, just really excited about it. We'll have the typical outdoor school subjects, you know, survival, fishing, uh, first aid. The kids will be building rockets um, and trying those out. Um, you know, lots of fun in the afternoon, swimming and soccer, those kinds of things. Uh, just a lot of a lot of things going on. We keep the kids uh, full and busy all week long. That's an important thing to do, and especially with kids in Oregon needing to get out when you can. Homeschool or outdoor school really seems like a lot of fun. In your 27th year, according to your flyer that you just sent me, looks like it'll be going on from June 6th through June 10th this year. That's overnight Monday through Friday at the 4-H Conference Center in Salem. And tell us about the age groups you were specifically addressing and why you chose them. Well, uh, that is a great question. It started out at a very, uh, a lot more narrow. Uh, it covered about four grades, maybe, you know, fourth through sixth grade. And interestingly enough, as the founder's youngest child got older, she raised the age of the ministry to older kids, and um, which was fine. It was fine for us, too, because my kids were right behind them. And uh, so uh, today we have made it, um, really very family-oriented where just about any age can come. Now, the, the, it's designed for ages 9 to 16, and uh, the kids are broken up during the day in different classes so they can be taught better on their level. But if whole families come, they bring littler kids, and that's fine if they're there. Uh, but the target age is 9 to 16. And have you personally just been overwhelmed by the number of people who sign up for homeschool, outdoor school at times? Well, we have, and I'll, I'll be honest with you, uh, this this camp used to be a lot bigger in the early days. And in fact, uh, there was a year before I joined that it, they had to go two weeks with it because there was about 200 kids. Uh, but like a lot of ministries and a lot of people, we were, we were pretty hammered with the recession, and our numbers uh, just about dropped in half. At that point, and so we've been a little underwhelmed uh, the past few years, but this is promising already to be the biggest year we've had since 2010. So we're very excited about that. Kind of sounds like the crowd participation is like a pendulum; it, yeah. it waxes and wanes depending on the economy and things like that. Well, part of the problem too is when uh, when the founder uh, dropped the ministry and she retired, I should say. Um, Two of us dads took it on. We have day jobs, and, of course, we, we didn't really advertise very well. You know, we just kind of ran off the steam from the old days, and uh, we realized one day we need to get out there and start start the beating the pavement. And so, you know, I got out to shows like Satchison and the Oregon Homeschool Show that will be going on this July at the convention center. We'll be there. Oh, good. And uh, we've picked up a lot of new people that way, and realize that, you know, we do need to get the word out a little bit better, and that's that's what we're doing now. Okay, so some little kid's driving around with mom in the old minivan right now saying, homeschool outdoor camp, 
That sounds boring. So what exciting things do you have to do, especially when it comes to the great outdoors? Well, um, I, we try to make all of the, for, for one thing, the, the class, the intent of the classes are not, is not lecture. Now, the, the teacher may stand up and talk about some things for a while, but the intent of the class is that they get out and they get on their hands and their knees, and they might be dipping in the pond and getting samples. They may be in the dirt digging stuff up. They may be building a fire. Um, so it's a very hands-on type of an education, and, and uh, th- so this is not to be a, a boring time of education, but fun and hands-on, get your fingernails dirty. And then, of course, in the afternoon, we have lots of great activities. We One of the goals of camps from time of memorial is, Get kids to uh, experience some different activities. Maybe they don't play baseball. Uh, give it a shot for an hour. Basketball, you know, uh, canoeing. Give them some experiences. And uh, and then, uh, you know, at night we have campfire. There's there's skits. There's lots of fun. There's devotional. Uh, the kid, We get the kids involved in skits, uh, you know, so they get those butterflies out of their stomach and get up and do something in front of people. And we want them to have a lot of experiences that they take home. And then and they just they talk about it all year long, and it just becomes a lifelong memory. There is a lot of fun there at camp. Have you enjoyed your experience at the 4-H Conference Center in Salem? Yeah, it's a beautiful camp. Um, every, every camp has its uh, amenities, and one of the ones we love there is their swimming pool and and they're big fields that are nice to use, and uh, yeah, it is, a, it is a great place. We've been there for three years in a row. We, honestly, we have traditionally moved from year to year because uh, it, we, we're not doing field trips this year, but we often focus on geology and geography and and do field trips out from there, and we may... Uh, we may look at going up to uh, Mount St. Helens area next year for our camp so that we can study many of the creation evidences. We go up there every few years and take the kids up to Spirit Lake, up to Hurricane Ridge, and give them an idea of what happened in 1980 and how that that experience uh, has changed the way people think about geology and how it has helped creationists and Bible-believing Christians to further... Uh, bolster their their uh, their belief in how 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 the geological features that we see today came about because we saw that in a, in a micro form with the volcano up there in 1980 and so we like to get the kids out so uh, we love all of the different areas we've gone um, but we, like I said we do try to move around occasionally to get give the kids different experiences. That sounds like a lot of fun. In addition to being educational. So when you're addressing the teenagers, the older set in particular, are there certain things that you feel you need to address before some of them are hitting that work or internship or college age and maybe leaving well, the nest for the first time? Um, you're asking me, like, what do we want to leave with those kids? Or, mm-hmm. um, yeah, well, we really want to we really want to hit uh, hard on these intellectual struggles. I know even as I grew up as a Christian in church and never heard anybody challenge this idea of evolution and the long ages and uh, the no need for God. And I never heard that challenge until my second year of Bible school. when finally one day, one of the teachers said, Hey, there's no, there's no evidence for man, ape to man evolution. And I thought, wait, I've never heard this before. And so we know a lot of young people have intellectual struggles. And it's one of the reasons many kids leave the church. And what you're touching on right now is where my heart is in this ministry because I want them to know that, no, science has not disproven God. Science has not thrown God out. And I want them to hear 
uh, good, credible science and good, credible people talk about uh, why the Bible is, is believable and why science has not proved it to be false. They hear evolution everywhere, and that nonsense is in direct opposition to the Bible's teaching on origins and science itself, and the kids lose confidence in the world, and I, honestly, I believe that that's been the goal of the architects of evolution since the beginning, and we got to share the good answers to them, or by default, Satan wins the argument, and ultimately, their hearts. And I think it's the reason many kids leave the church. Darren Netrauer is with the Homeschool Outdoor School Science Camp, and he spoke at the recent CEF banquet just last month. If you'd like to help out or find out more homeschool, School Outdoor School is coming up on its 27th year between June 6th and June 10th, 2016. It's an overnight Monday through Friday camp being held at the 4-H Conference Center in Salem, designed for ages 9 through 16, but it's very family-friendly and family-oriented. And you can find out more information at the website, homeschooloutdoorschool.com, and I'll link that to our website here at True Talk 800. So, Darren, in our last half minute, why do you do what you do? Well... Many reasons the same as, as Jeff is we want we want uh, children to live for Christ all their lives and we don't want to lose kids out of the church and I, I want to give them good solid reasons for their faith and uh, and I'll just put in a plug for Jeff too I've had seven of my nine kids in his program as well and I believe in what he's doing but we really want to see kids stay in the faith. And that's my heart on this. Amen to that. Thank you so much, Darren Netrauer. Find out more about Homeschool Outdoor School Science Camp when you come to this Thursday night's Satcherson 2016 Homeschool Roundup. It's Thursday, May 19th from 630 to 830 at Our Savior's Lutheran Church in South Salem, Baxter Road by the Commercial Street Walmart. More information at truetalk800.com. You're listening to a special edition of Difference Makers on True Talk 800. My name is Mike Lee. Clark Hilton is producing the show from across the glass. And from across the desk, it's my pal Andrew Fields, the director of Satchison. Like all good homeschool organizations, that is an acronym for Salem Area Christian Homeschool Network. And Satchison is hosting their 2016 Homeschool Roundup event. It's for families who are curious about improving their home education, or maybe they've never homeschooled before and would love to have all of these different resources like CEF, like Homeschool Outdoor School Science Camp, in one place. And that place is going to be Thursday night from 630 to 830 at Our Savior's Lutheran Church in South Salem, Baxter Road, right up the hill from the Commercial Street Walmart. So welcome, Andrew Fields. How are you today, sir? I'm doing very well. Thanks, Mike. Are you excited about this year's homeschool roundup as opposed to previous years? I'm always excited every single year because there's always people I meet, new things I experience, even just hearing some of what Darren was sharing about um, the homeschool outdoor school and the science camp, learn new things every year. And every year I meet people that even though they come to our event, I don't always know all the details. My wife sometimes knows them or other people have said, hey, you need to have this group at your event homeschoolers need to hear about them. And so every year I get to meet people. I get to see what God's doing in their life. I get to see what ministries, what passions they have um, as it relates to home education, as it relates to just their children and the next generation. And so, yeah, I look forward to every year to the Satchison Roundup. Well, what I love about the Satchison Roundup is it's a free admission event and it's a non-sales event. So we'll have anyone from athletic groups to musical groups to artistic groups show up just to Show what resources are out there. So what kind of questions do people who haven't yet homeschooled ask you? A lot of times people will ask us, is it a legal thing to do? Or they'll say, 
Um, they'll want to know what are the requirements? What do I have to do to home educate? I mean, do I have to report to somebody? Do I have to submit to the state? Do I have to enroll them? Those are questions many people ask. Sometimes they'll say, well, um, how do you get them involved in sports? Or can they be partially involved? Or they'll want to know, will your child end up socialized enough? That's probably the biggest question we as homeschoolers get all the time is what about socialization? And we get to answer those questions. And some of that's actually answered. I give a presentation every year at the Roundup where I kind of talk about homeschooling 101. And I kind of answer some of those questions to help people that are coming for the first time to figure out what is it that this home education thing is all about. And we'll delve more deeply into that for first time or early or just curious parents who may not have begun to homeschool quite yet. But what about for the veteran homeschool families? What do you have to offer them? Veteran homeschoolers, a lot of times they may not be even aware of some of the things that are out there. I mean, I've got a, I've got two homeschool grads and yet there are still things I learn about people that come and attend the Roundup that I've never heard of before. So even for us, that are, and I'm involved in the community, intimately involved in various different ways and know a lot of the people that are there, but there's still different ministries out there that you only hear about via word of mouth. So we've interviewed a couple of them earlier today in CEF, Child Evangelism Fellowship, and also Homeschool Outdoor School Science Camp. Who else is coming? Any good surprises this year or people that might not normally be expected to arrive at a Satchison Homeschool Roundup? Evergreen Aviation and Space Museum is going to be there. Oh, really? They're going to come. Yeah, yeah that sounds like a lot of fun. They'll, they'll, it'll be great. Um, they have special days throughout the year that they sponsor for home educating parents. So they have special days where they have special pricing and special events because they know they've got a whole group of people out there that whose kids are not in school and they want to be open to them. So that's one organization that's going to be there that's kind of new. Um, there's a number of organizations. Corbin University is going to be there. Corbin has a lot of programs that they provide to assist home educators that maybe have their children on a college track, and they want to be able to provide opportunities for even sometimes dual credits where a child can actually be going through high school and also attending Corbin. So they'll be there to answer some questions about that. Just numerous organizations and groups. So how long have you been involved with the homeschool movement yourself? Tell us about your personal family. Let's see. My wife and I first put our child into school early on. Um, he's currently 19. He'll be 20 this month um, when he was five. He went to school for about three months. And after that, my wife and I looked at each other and said, we're not going to do that again. Um, we sent away one child and came back with a child that learned all sorts of different things we didn't expect her to learn. Behaviors, a lot of attitudes. Um, and a lot of it was because you take a five-year-old and stick him with a bunch of other five-year-olds and he starts to act more like a five-year-old. And prior to that, he was a five-year-old who largely was hanging around us. And I really wanted a child that would be more adult-like. I didn't want to actually make him more childlike. So we happened to be across the street from some neighbors who home-educated their kids. My wife came and talked to me and said, hey, let's look into home education. And this is like, goodness, 14 years ago. And I said, okay, you've got about 90 days. And if, as long as he's still getting educated, he'll be fine. So Andrew Fields, you and your wife, Pam, were you both public schooled? I was predominantly private schooled. She was public schooled. I had about three years of public school. So both of us largely had a lot of our education in the public school system. And when you first got married, talked about having kids, things like that, was homeschooling even on your radar before you first went to public school? No. Home, no. Home education was totally not on my radar. I didn't even know that it existed as a blip. I, wasn't even, I would have asked that same question, is it legal? And what have you found since moving your firstborn out of the public school scene? Well, we've learned that a lot of times God has a different way. 
and that sometimes the things you think about aren't what God thinks about. I mean, when we first got married, I was thinking we'd have two, three, or four children. We have nine. Um, that wasn't planned. We came to a conclusion in life that God would determine our family size, and we left that up to him. Likewise with education, we figured, well, if God gave the child to us, he didn't want us to have it for four or five years and then take that child and give that child to somebody else to largely provide most of the education that that child would receive. And so we felt strongly convicted to be the, the people that would actually educate them. And so through those, through those struggles and challenges, we concluded that this is exactly where God hasn't just given us a command, but has called us. So what kind of resources were around for you and your wife, Pam Anderfield, when you began homeschooling and having nine kids? Dare I ask what her typical work week looks like? <laughs> her work week is busy. Um, wake up, wake up in the morning early and go to bed very, very late. Um, she works a long day and is tireless and doesn't get very many breaks. Um, it's, I mean, it's a, it's a seven day work week for her. And and she knows that, and it definitely can wear on her to some respects, but God gives her the strength and the fortitude to make it through, and I'm very proud of the work that she's done in, in raising the kids that we've already graduated and the ones we have currently right now that are not just being educated um, intellectually, but they're ed- being educated in their love for the Lord, and that's more important than anything. I would much rather have an, a, a fool that loves Jesus Christ than an educated child that hates God. And so we really pride ourselves on making sure they understand and they're committed to their faith, first and foremost. And we assume that God is going to take care of making sure they understand what they need to do, because God will equip those he calls. So one of the questions that you frequently get asked as a homeschooling parent, and especially at Satcherson's Homeschool Roundup-type events or at the Ocean Convention, would be, what about socialization? So would you like to address that head-on, Andrew? Yeah, socialization is one of those things that people have this concept that you only way, the only way you can socialize a child is to put them with a bunch of their age mates and teach them how to be um, 12-year-olds with 12-year-olds. But the reality is, is ask yourself how many areas that adults live in age segregate themselves? I mean, do you age segregate yourself at work? Do you age segregate yourself at a ball game? Do you age segregate yourself in your golf meetings? No, we don't age segregate anywhere except in school. Um, and so really, to a large extent, homeschoolers, their children are socialized to be adults, which, to be honest, is where they're going to spend the vast majority of their life is in the adult world. They're only going to spend maybe 10 or 12 or 15 years in education. It's also been proven through studies that homeschooled children are much more likely to engage in social activities, five times more likely to engage in political activity, seven times more likely to engage in activities in their community. I mean, these things that Jeff Wagnell is talking about with Child Evangelism Fellowship, the vast majority of those CEF Christian Youth in Action students are homeschooled kids because they realize the importance of the community around them. So it's not to say that we don't want them socialized. We just don't want them to end up in a, in a situation where they act like children. We want them to act like adults. So in addition to some of the more activity-driven booths that are going to be represented at Homeschool Roundup this Thursday night, what about groups, cooperatives, uh, parents' groups, accountability. Will any of those be there as well? Certainly. Peachy's there. That's an organization similar to Satchison that's in Polk County. Um, so they will exist there too. But that's another acronym, right? That's another there's acronym. a billion yeah. acronyms in the homeschool yes, movement. Yeah, that, that's Polk County Home <laughs> Educators, I think is what it stands for. Classical Conversations is there. That's a co-op, co-op organization. They are a co-op that teaches using the Classical Conversations material. So they will also be there. Um, I'm trying to think of some others off the top of my head, but I'm not. I'm getting kind of a blank in some of those. But there's a, there's a number of co-ops and other organizations that will also be there at the same time. 
So in addition to resources and groups, there are planned questions, Q&A sessions about finding out about the whole home educating experience from people who've been around the block once or twice. It's not their first rodeo when it comes to homeschooling, home education, dealing with schools, districts, resources out there, cooperative groups. Music, sports, the, the typical questions we have, maybe, uh, does this put my child in a position to do college someday? These are kind of questions that you want answered by people who have experience in them. And the Satchison 2016 Homeschool Roundup is a great way to meet these people in a non-sales environment where you could just ask questions and learn answers. It'll be this Thursday night from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. at Our Savior's Lutheran Church in South Salem. That's on Baxter Road, right up the hill from the Commercial Street Walmart. If you're coming from outside of the Salem area, you're probably best off taking the Kubler exit off Mm of I-5, and you can find more information at the following websites, satchison.org, that's S-A-C-H-S-N dot O-R-G. And I'll make sure it's also posted on our website right here at truetalk800.com. Thank you for joining us here on Difference Makers on True Talk 800. My name is Mike Lee. I'm privileged to be a home-educating dad, which means, well, basically me and my wife's doing about 99.9% of the work. <laughs> and I'm very proud of Pam. And another man who's married to another homeschooling Pam is my pal Andrew Fields, the director of the Salem Area Christian Homeschool Network, pronounced like Satchison. It's another homeschooling acronym. And yet another one is OCEAN. So can you tell us about the Oregon Christian Home Education Conference coming up in July, Andrew? Every year, OCEAN produces a conference. It's a very well-attended event. Um, It's at the Oregon Convention Center. They used to hold it at a church, but it just got too large. So now they hold it at the convention center. It's taking place July 22nd and 23rd. Over the years, it's changed a little bit. When it first started, it was predominantly a home educators conference. But as they realized over the last probably five to seven years, they realized that a lot of the material and a lot of the speakers they had, really, they could actually speak not just to home educators, but just to parents in general. So they actually have tracks for people that don't home educate. So, I mean, there's a whole entire set of tracks on parenting, marriage, just discipleship of children. Um, I mean, for the person that maybe isn't a home educator, and then also for those that are home educators, there's a whole set of tracks for how to home educate your teen, um, how do you handle special needs students, how do you get started, what are the requirements, um, how do you get enough energy, uh, how do you wake up in the morning after you've had day after day after day and you're tired, and how do you, where, where can you look for solace to be able to find the, the, um, the energy to keep going. Those are all things that home educators deal with regularly, and they have speakers that talk about that and give us encouragement. If they were smart, the Salishans of the world and uh, the resorts, the cohos out on the coast would be there saying, here's a place you need to take your home educating parent for a break every so often. But So in addition to Ocean, uh, actually, you can find more information at the website, oceannetwork.org, which I'll post on truetalk800.com. But that's coming up in July, right down this Thursday in Salem at Our Savior's Lutheran Church is Satcherson's 2016 Homeschool Roundup. So are you excited about this year's event, Director Andrew Fields? And are there any more new groups that maybe we haven't seen at a past event yet? The um, one event, one group that actually is showing up this year, they were there last year. It was a small, was the Northwest Vintage Car Motorcycle Museum. This is a group that I'm excited about only because... They provide, um, and they have provided for my for two of my sons, an opportunity for them to work with guys with vintage cars to be able to work with Model A's, Model T's, Speedsters. It's been really a neat experience for them. I mean, it's work. 
it's hard work, but they're working with these guys that love these cars. These guys, a lot of times, are retired, and they provide a program where the kids show up on a Thursday and they spend the entire day working on old cars, hearing advice from these guys. That's kind of neat, and they will be there at the roundup. And so, if a guy, if a parent says, "Hey, you know, my child's interested in mechanics, but I have no place where to go," and maybe they're kind of like me and they're really not mechanically skilled, that's a great opportunity to talk to that group. So are there any others that stand out in your mind or, or any veteran groups that have really made an impact on parents or families in the past? Oh, one of the groups that I think is actually really unique, this is their first year, is we're going to have a table set up for those individuals that provide state-mandated testing. A lot of people have a hard time trying to track these people down sometimes. They know that the state does require testing at certain years for home, to home educate. It's one of the requirements. But they don't know how do I locate these people and what's required and and why would I want to do this or how was it done and what's it look like? And we'll have a table set up with a number of the testers. They kind of got together and said, yeah, we'll put together a table so that people can find us. So that's kind of a unique area where, you know, it's, it does definitely relate to the state system. But oh, sure. at the same time, it's required. And also some parents test their children every year, not because it's required, but because they just want to see the metric of how their children are performing. They just want a validation of, hey, I'm doing a good job. So that, that's, that's a group that will also be there. And I'm excited to have them there, too. It's good that this long-term need is finally getting addressed by some people just putting their heads together and getting out into the public. So can you give us the view from 30,000 feet when it comes to such testing? Well, um, personally, I don't believe that testing actually should be mandated at all. So while I do appreciate the fact that these individuals exist, um, historically speaking, it's been proven that um, testing really doesn't help home educators do a better job. Um, They do a fine job without any testing. So from my perspective, I don't believe it should be necessary, period, but it is state mandated, so we're going to comply with the law. Um, But there's never been a single student ever remanded. So in other words, the whole entire reason for testing is to try to track down that family or that child that somehow is doing a poor job. And yet in all the history of the entire home education law, not one child has ever actually been remanded from home education into the public school system. So in that respect, you have to look at it and say, well, what problem is it actually solving? Um, And in my opinion, I would say it's solving none. I think it's more of a solution looking for a problem than a than 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 a solution actually solving a problem. So I have some friends who want to work in marriage ministries that perhaps they're on their second marriage and yet God still loves them. God loves the institution of marriage and at the same time sometimes things come up and sometimes you have to adjust and roll with the punches. So along those lines, can you tell us about say Children who might have special needs, are there panels or experts who are going to be at the homeschool roundup that will be able to address special needs or unusual circumstances? We actually have a couple different organizations that largely um, handle it. Academic Learning Solutions, uh, Susan Farmer, she is one of the experts in putting together programs that comply with the state sometimes or interact and work with them or just on your own to basically say, hey, I've got a child that has some special needs. She's great as far as a counselor, and she does a wonderful job of trying to help parents do a job which God gave them to do, not the state to do, which is handle their child. I mean, it's not like God was surprised when that child with their special needs was born into that family, and it's not by a surprise that he provides the resources for that family to meet those needs. She's there as well. And I think there's another gal. I think the Positive Learning Solutions also does some also work, Marshall Davis, in that arena as well. So there's a couple different individuals that are there. So if a parent is curious about this, it's a good, great place for them to go and talk to both of those tables to get some insight as to how they can handle that special educational responsibility they have. So even though it's based out of the state capitol here in, in Salem, where are most of these families coming from? Do you have any coming from the outliers or from farther away than you would have expected? 
as far as um, table sponsors, almost all of them come from the Salem or um, the general Willamette Valley area. We do get some people that travel and travel from Bend um, and some areas over the mountains, and certainly some that come from more Portland, McMinnville area. Um, although I would say that predominantly the majority of them probably come from the general Salem, Willamette Valley area. And tell us about yourself. Where did you grow up? When did your faith become your own, Andrew Fields? I was born and raised in Salem, Oregon. Um, I was, to a large extent, that's where I spent most of my life. In fact, I spent most of my life on the exact same street. Um, I was lived for a while at 49, 49th State Street, and then at 70 for 85 State Street, now at 9205 State Street. So I pretty much lived on State Street my entire life, and I can't count the number of times I've had to repeat that State Street has no north, south, east, or west because it's the dividing line between north and south in the city. Um, my faith largely became my own largely when I was in high school. Um, I started to actually spend some time with some friends and, and people that were non-believers, and I saw the difference that my life was and the fact that I had a set of, um, of beliefs that actually helped to dictate and helped to provide guidance as to how I'd make decisions, and I saw that their lives didn't. Um, then as I became an adult, that became even more concrete. As I became a parent, I started to realize that there was a reason as to why it is that Christ died for my sins, and that without that, I would be adrift. Um, then as I looked at, and I started having children and my wife and I started looking at the children and looking at how to raise them, that's really when it really became clear for me. Um, growing up, I had goals and I had desires, but it wasn't until you actually really start to sit back and say, how is my life and my day going to be different? Because it's easy to say, I live as a Christian and be a Christian, but have your day be no different. But at some point you have to say, why, what, um, what is my day and why is my day different? How does my day look different as a believer than a non-believer? And if you can't find a reason, then you have to ask yourself, is your faith really your own? And that's probably when it became the most real, as I became an adult. So were there any good light bulb moments or mentor figures who helped you along? Um, my dad, huge figure. Um, I don't think I gave him the respect and gave him the honor that he deserved raising me. Um, not until you become a dad do you realize how hard it is to be a dad in this world. So I looked up to my father. Um, he was very generous with um, what God had given him, and he was always there to listen to me, even though he was very busy and had a lot of things he was doing. And I don't think I realized at the time how valuable those minutes were um, and how many things he had that he, was, that he had to struggle and challenge with. Um, other individuals that have been great and been huge in my life, Greg English, who's currently actually in Arizona, he's the person that I started a men's ministry at my church, First Baptist in Salem, huge mentor to me. Um, and a huge insight. Steve Tatone from Aldrich Kilbride and Tatone, one of the largest um, CPA firms in the United States, huge mentor to me. And, and during about a five to six year period when I was in an accountability group with him, there were a lot of challenges that he laid before me that I could either respond to or not. So I've had a number of mentors in my life. God's brought them in and out. Um, and it's been wonderful to be able to be able to learn from them. You never know who you could impact for Christ somewhere down the line, friends. So just keep sharing the gospel and sharing your light, and you never know who you may inspire. It might be the next director of Satchison, the Salem Area Christian Homeschool Network. Andrew Fields, thanks so much for joining us. We also heard from Jeff Wagnell, the director of Child Evangelism Fellowship in Marion and Yamhill Counties, and from Darren Netrauer of Homeschool Outdoor School Science Camp. Find out more about home education possibilities for you and your family, whether you've done it before or you're just curious or maybe you're about to have your first child. It'll be the Satterson 2016 Homeschool Roundup this Thursday, May 19th from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. at Our Savior's Lutheran Church in South Salem. 
Up the hill on Baxter Road, by the Commercial Street Walmart with more information at satchison.org. That's S-A-C-H-S-N dot O-R-G. Also at our website, truetalk800.com. So thank you, Andrew Fields, for joining us. Thank you so much, Mike. And thank you for listening to Difference Makers on True Talk 800. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.